Welcome back to another episode of the RAG podcast. The podcast with me, Sean Anderson, the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, where I bring to you a weekly dose of information from recruitment owners, suppliers, investors, advisors around the world who are not only trying to help people navigate through this ridiculous pandemic we've, we've found ourselves for the last 12 months, but are also thinking about the future of recruitment. How do we build modern recruitment businesses built for this remote digital economy that we live in today? This week, I'm super excited to be joined by Bernie Shima. Bernie is the CEO of Vincere, the all-in-one uh, ATS CRM platform that sponsors the RAG. So I'm a huge fan of Vincere. I've got loads of customers who um, live on the Vincere platform. But this is actually the first time I've spoken and met with Bernie, which is incredible. So Bernie, welcome to the RAG podcast. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on, mate. Not, not, a, not a problem. As I said, I always deal with Eloise, um, who is the head of growth. Um, and, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's been, well, I've been pestering her to get in, into your diary, if I'm honest. You've, you've been a busy guy, Bernie. Well, tell us, just give us an overview of who you are and what your role is in the business. All right. Um, I'm Bernie Shima. I'm, uh, I'm an Aussie. I um, actually went to uh, the UK when I was 25 and got into recruitment then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I was actually taught uh, by the Brits, one of the few actually Aussies that, Actually, I suppose uh, learned in in uh, and never really recruited in Australia. But anyway, so I, I started there, and um, I was in recruitment for sixteen years. Um, I built a business with uh, some 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 uh, pals uh, back in two thousand, and we sold the business to Hayes in two thousand seven. Wow. It was we did an earnout to up to two thousand ten. It was great, um, and then. A, thought okay well after a couple of years of, of, of you know things that you do building houses in in the, the mountains in japan and stupid stuff like that i decided to get back into recruitment but I, I wanted to do something different so i thought software how hard could it be so we set out to build build uh build recruitment software so um we actually didn't start focusing on vincherry we actually focused on two other products for about five years wow really um and uh kind of like vincherry was in the background we called it something like staffing boss begin with to be honest Sean it was like I want to dig into that I want to dig into that so as the CEO of a tech company now like you just give us a land like what does the business look like from above how many people have you got what locations that kind of stuff right okay um just a helicopter view uh just under 1300 customers now um we're uh we're about 90 people um now uh and we've got five office locations Right. Um, so we've got Saigon where we do all our dev. We've got an office in Sydney. We've got a nice office in, in London. Um, we've got our headquarters in Singapore. And uh, and then we've got um, uh, a little team in Ibiza. Oh, yeah. We're going to get onto that. That's the yes. most exciting. That is definitely the office I'm I'm most in, interested in being invited to. Um, but so you, you, I mean, you've, you've built a truly global business, 1,300 customers. It's incredible. And I'm not just saying it because you sponsor the show. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I decided to allow or to 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 have that conversation with Eloise based on the fact that I'd heard such good things. Like, you know, the amount of customers that were moving onto Vincherry from alternative platforms. I was like, I've got to find out more about this platform. And then when when I did, I was I was super excited. So, but it sounds like it's not been an overnight thing. It's took you a while to get to where you are. If it took you five years of dabbling with something completely different. Well, yeah, I mean, really, when you look at when you look at it, we we did we did corporate ATSs um, for for you know a corporate ATS, and we were building a um, a, a an employment uh, sorry an employee um, uh, you know uh, uh, analytics platform. 
Right, right. And they were the things, they were the sexy stuff, right? So, um, but um, we kind of, we're kind of like doing too much. And in 2015, we had a cash crunch and our investors said, listen, you need to focus on one of the products. And of all three products, the worst performing product was actually the one that we've got now. Um, and it's an interesting story because, you know, it was like, I, I use the analogy, it's this little, you know, redheaded cousin in the, back, in, in, in the background no one ever spoke to, right? Uh, this turn now turned into an Nicole Kidman, right? Um, but, but effectively, we were given that choice and we chose to go with Vincherry. At the time, it was called Staffing Boss and we renamed it to, to Vincherry. And we relaunched the entire thing in, in 2016. So, and, and I think we had about 25 customers on the platform, which about five of them were, were using it at the time. Wow. Something ridiculous. Um, so it's really been the last four years that we just decided, right, single-minded focus on this and go for it. How many it. staff did you have at that point? Oh, God. Probably about 30, 35, not many. Wow. That is incredible um, growth in four years. Yeah, but we were doing silly things, you know, Sean. We, we basically we were trying to do too much. And um, and you know, typical of someone when you build when you first sell your first business, you think you're such a legend and a rock star. You do. You walk out and you think that uh, you're you know you're bulletproof. And and it took five years to realize the, the fact that I wasn't. And uh, <laughs> and so and so I had to go back to what I was good at, which is focusing just on one thing and, and, and do it well. And we realized that when I looked at the three products, I looked at them and said that, the, the, you know, the number one reason for failure for, for tech companies, I think 40% of tech companies fail because there's no market need. Mm. People don't need it. Um, so that was the reason why we chose the, 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 the little redheaded cousin and, uh, and, and built her up um, because everyone needs uh, a, a core system of CRM and ATS if you're running a recruitment business. You just do. So, and uh, so that's why we thought we'd focus on that. And we also we felt go, that there was a good, good niche in the market for that too. I've got so many things running from my head now, Bernie, from what you've said, right? So, but as, as an entrepreneur as well, as someone who's got visions of grandeur of, of scale and exit, right? I'm not going to lie. Um, let's go back to when you sold the recruitment company and you talked about that. What were those, what, what did you, what was it really like selling? I mean, everyone talks about selling. I've interviewed a few people that have sold. Can you paint a picture of what it was like for you? Yeah, it was it was intense. Um, we had we set we were fortunate because we set out to to sell to to um, uh, we set out set out to sell that business um, as a going concern and exit from it, uh, which is a little different from the present business. Uh, from honest with you, Sean, this yeah. is not you know this is this is something that uh, is a lot bigger than that. Um, certainly is now, but basically we set out to sell it. So we, so we positioned ourselves to, to do so. And uh, I and my business partner in, in London, we basically basically had a conversation in 2006. He previously sold a business and he'd done really, really well out of it on paper, but he sold it and he was 30 years of age and he sold it, um, uh, you know, to Harvey Nash. It was a big deal. He sold it in, I think it was April, 2000. Right, just when just as the, the bubble was bursting, and he took most of his part of the deal in shares. Right. So he was thinking, oh, this market's going to fly. I'm going to be super, super, super rich because the shares are going to go up. Of course, they tanked. Um, you know, he was. I think he was uh, at the Oberoi in Bali. He was telling me, um, and he had a margin call on his credit card. Uh, the bank had put a margin call, and he didn't realize that the shares had plummeted. And uh, wow. he was like sitting there with like a bunch of mates and couldn't pay the bill for three days. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. So he basically came into this like you know having learned a lot of lessons. Uh, so we were having a beer in 2006 and said we felt the market was toppy. And I felt why don't we just sell now? Um, and you know why don't we 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 layer that with an earnout, right? So in other words, he didn't do very well on the earnout previously. Well, let's max this one out, but go a little bit early so we take someone off the table. And he was in agreement, and that's what we did. So we sold that business in uh, in uh, Feb 2007. 
and to be honest with you, it was it was a life changing moment. You know, Incredible time. Around, well, you, yeah, you're walking down the street. I remember walking down the back street. I was in Tokyo at the time, and it was almost like a, a, something out of Vanilla Sky. That type of this, to, this the street was empty. It was a Sunday. It's in, it, I was living in the CBD um, of Tokyo, and like, and I, I was sitting there going, "Wow, I've, I've got eight figures in my bank account. Eight figures in my bank account." Think about that for a second. And so really weird. And you know, you kind of like you, you the, the confidence that gives you is is undeniable. Um, and it was it was an amazing amazing event. Do you just think um, like anything's possible at that point? Anything like eight figures in your yeah bank? yeah yeah you do. Uh, there's a number of things that you go through, and a lot of a lot of people don't talk about it. You know, there's there's the the, the time that you leave your business. Um, and you know, when I finished my own out, and uh, the people Hayes took over, and and uh, Christine came in took her, took over. And pretty much the day I left and went up to live in the mountains of Japan for, for, for a few years, um, the phone stopped ringing, the email stopped coming. And it was like this, this, what, you know, you're not That's needed avoid. anymore. Yeah. No one, no one contacts you to go from being full on, you know, 12 hours a day to nothing. That was, that was something hard to swallow. And I think that's what people need to prepare themselves for. Um, you know, and, and so that was, that was, that was difficult, but you know what? I mean, so having a water cash in your bank account kind of does. So what did you do? So what did well. you do then? You went to. You said you went into the mountains and built. Properties. Yeah, I built some houses in Hakaba, right. Sean. You know, and I was gonna, <laughs> I was going to basically have that as as an earner for me, and I was going to get a yield out of that. Um, uh, but of course, I, I just didn't want to build any old houses. I didn't want to yield. I wanted to build the best houses that they were, and and I just blew blew through so much cash. It was ridiculous, and. Uh, and that, that didn't have a Shinkansen, didn't have the bullet train going to it. It wasn't the primary, uh, even though I had the best location for a house in, 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 in Hakaba, it wasn't the primary place where people with money would go to to stay. Right. So I didn't see a long-term gain from that. So, excuse me, come 2013, 2014, I sold out of that business and just focused my efforts purely on, on, on Vinny. Right. So... What made you think of doing something as different as technology when you are a recruiter? Because look, I've, I've done that. I launched a marketing agency in 2017, having never done a day in marketing in my life. People thought I was a lunatic. Um, my own business partner thought I was a lunatic. Um, I, I think I did at one point, but I just believed it. I don't know. I was super excited. I had a passion for it. I felt the one, the one skill I felt I had was recruitment, so I could build a team. So if I didn't know something, I could fucking find someone who did. That was the kind of the attitude I had. Um, and I was relentless with, with this vision that I had. So I can really empathize with people that do make that move into something they've never done. But what was your story around going into technology, having been a recruiter? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's because I, I think, I think I'd, I'd done recruitment. I, I thought, well, you know, I can go back and set up another business and sell it again. Um, I, and I did think about that, but I also said to Hayes that I wouldn't get back and recruit and wouldn't and wouldn't um, I wouldn't steal all their people, which I didn't. Um, so um, so I wanted to live by that. But really, I, I just felt that you know I'd done. <laughs> Here's the other thing, Sean. We all think we're clever, right? I, I, of course, I, I know tech, right? I was doing recruitment in tech. Yeah. Right? I, I know tech inside out, right? I mean, uh, Java, J2E, Strat. <laughs> I, you know, I, could, I can string a job, a job spec together, it. so I must know technology. Yeah. How hard can it be? Uh, I think a lot of ignorance there as well because, mm. you know, it is, it is not for the faint of heart, right? It's yeah. a bit like anything. You go into something new like you've done, 
right? It's you, you kind of it's it, it's lucky that it's, it's it's attached to recruitment because there's a familiarity there. Yeah, yeah. But it is quite different, right? I mean, did you find that coming into into marketing 100%. was like a bit of a, like a hundred percent? And mine was mine was different in the way that you know the anchor to recruitment is exactly what, what kept me doing it because it was, you know, I was, I was feeling like my, 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 my clients were like my colleagues and I were my friends. And I was like, you know, I love that. I love to be able to talk on their level. Um, but I, what I didn't, what I underestimated was the, the amount of money you could earn per person. So I was a 700,000 pound biller that got my team or like a team of three of us doing a million quid in London. And I can't do a million quid with three people in this business. You know, I need to have a team of 15 or something, eight to 15. Um, and I learned that really quickly that it was all, you could sign clients, but the, 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 the work started when you won, when you signed a contract with my, I mean, yours might be more, you know, it's, it's an operational engine. Whereas mine is we start to work for you. Whereas in recruitment, I was used to doing a lot of work, putting in a contractor, and then they were, they were great. They were good to go. You know, I might have to pick up the phone and check in, but I placed really good people. Average, average timeline was about 18 month contracts. You know, there's still a guy I placed in 2013, I believe that still works through the agency that I used to work for. Um, it was a really good market. And so when, when we signed a client, that was where I kind of was like, yes. And then I was like, shit, now we need to do some work. So it was I've learned, I mean, it's four years in and I've, I've gone through so many ups and downs. I, I'm, I love what I do. And I'm really glad with the decision, but there's been moments I've gone, the fuck, why am I doing this? Like, it's just, it'd be easier to go back. It'd be easier to go that, and do what I did before. That, I, th- I think it, getting out of recruitment is super hard, right? It, it, I mean, because it's pays so well, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, really, if you're good at recruitment, you're, you know, there's my ex-business partner in, in London, he's running his own firm and he's just, just done an exit. I did become part of a bigger firm and another exit soon, yeah. soon thereafter. He was, you know, Andy was making, you know, half a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and that's what he was making, right? Um, you know, I, I, I just can't see why a lot of people would, would, you know, I know it's hard and it's not difficult. I know it's transactional, but it's, it pays so well. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the hard part to move on from that, I think. And, yeah. and, to have, and I also think that, you know, yes, it's, it's champagne and razor blades, right? But that champagne moment. Is, uh, is is a lot of the time is worth you know ten of those or thousand of those. What I found at the beginning, I had a, I was actually asked on a podcast last week. I was I was on the um, Talent Talks Asia podcast in Singapore. Um, well, I was I was interviewed last week by Andrea Ross, and she said, "Why have you got like your accolades on your LinkedIn? Why does it say your billing numbers and you're winning the awards and all this?" And I said, "Because the natural thing everyone thought when I pitched them was that I was a shit recruiter who was flipped into marketing." <laughs> And I was actually, I'd say I was in the top 5%. Like I, was, I was by far the biggest biller, the best. Like I was running the business, basically. And so, you know, to that, it, that was a positive, but it was also a negative because it meant every time I had a bad day, I could remember the commission checks. I could remember my, what I was like. I remember the delivery of my recruitment team and myself and thinking, I was fucking really good at that. <laughs> what am I well, doing? I, I, I heard your podcast, right, with, uh, with was it Mint? Pete at Mint? Pete, Pete Watson. Yeah, yeah, Pete Watson. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. It's like, you know, the, it was like, because um, you were a top biller, like one of the top biller at uh, S3, right? No, it was, uh, yeah. it was at a company called Venquist. Um It's Venquist, not an S3 brand, but yeah, I was the top biller there. Um People don't expect you to make that move when you're such when you're performing well. They just no. Why? Why? No. And 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 and, and I mean, you can make that money forever if you want to, but I think if you if if your heart's not in it, and it's really not in it, and the money's not the the end the the entire end game, I think it's 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 worthwhile trying something different. But I I always say to people, it's so good to stick to something close to home. 
Yeah. You know, whether it's tech or whether it's doing moving to marketing or whether it's moving to a Ned role or, or a mixture of those, it, you know, that's, um, you know, that, that, that you can still use on, the, on those years of skills you've got, right. Yeah. Use the knowledge that you've got from, from, from running your own business and, uh, and, and you know, being a top biller. Yeah. For you know, sure. that's, you know, there's a lot of people who run businesses, but a lot of, you know, uh, there's not a lot of, um, top billers out there, so to speak, that, uh, that, you know, that you can get advice from, no. um, you know, so you, think- you, you built, you started building products. You said the name was Sandbox. Did you say? No, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, um, staffing, box. Staff, staffing box. Yeah. We, we had this, this, this boss thing. I don't know where it got it from, but it was like, we had hiring boss, staffing boss and employee boss. Right. And so, you know, because you want a, you know a boss to tell you what to do, right? And that's why we thought the systems that was the play on 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 the on the, on the names. So. When did where did you come up with Vincere? Uh, well, you know, when we were rebranding, because um, I had I I came up with a great name before. I, I, I thought I came up with the name James Harvard for our initial business, right? And as a matter of fact, Hayes have just relaunched James Harvard as their as their premium brand service, right. um, which is great. Um, uh, so I wanted to come up, I, I, I thought I could come up with good names and start, I obviously was, was showing the door with staffing boss and hiring boss, et cetera. But, uh, but Vincere was, I just wanted something that, that, that really would resonate with recruiters. And I thought, you know, when you're, when you're up competing in recruitment, there's no podium finish, but first place, you know, there's no second or third, there's no merit awards. It is you win or you lose. Mm. which is what I love about recruiters because they, they go into every assignment. And in most cases, if they're not doing, you know, retainers, they're, they're on contingent. So they don't win. They don't get anything. Yeah. So we wanted something that resonated with them. And Vincere, um, you know, if you probably uh, remember the 1990 World Cup um, and, uh, and the song that, uh, that was yeah, very yeah, famous yeah. by, the, by, the, by um, what's his name? Pavarotti, that's him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finishes with Vincero. Vincero, I've won, I've won. And Vincere means to win, to conquer. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. So it just it was just came from that. Okay. Long story. Uh, a short story. No, that's uh, awesome. Make it a long that's one. the first tournament I remember. That I was only four years old, but I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. When Maradona yeah, ran amazing. up to the screen and stuff, I, I remember that one because England weren't well, in the it. Semi-fi- the semi. The- the semi-final loss to Germany was just heartbreaking, right? I mean, I'm yeah. being sat in the UK. I was in the UK at the time, and I remember going, "Oh my god!" You know. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I say I remember it, but that's '94. I'm sorry, I'm thinking '94 is when Maradona ran up to the screen. Yeah, 1990. I, I, I think I remember it, but I might, it I'm might sure be. My age there, I know. It might be watching <laughs> videos back. You know, um, there's a yeah. film, "An Evening with Gary Lineker." Have you ever seen that film? And it talk. It's a film based on the 1990 World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a wicked film. So I don't know if I do remember it. I just remember that film. So you start, you name it Vincere. Um, what was the vision back then? So when you're 30 people, you know, you're, you're, you're building bits of tech. You've decided to hone in on one, which is the thing that they all need. You know, you've got the likes of, you know, Bullhorn and Adapt, and you've got all these big brands that are already dominant in the space. What was your vision? Well, we, we had to do something different, right? Um, and I felt that, the market would be open to it. So I felt we couldn't go and just build the same thing that, uh, that uh, Bullhorn had done. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, so we wanted, we set out to start, you know, focusing on that one area, but also to then augment it and build a platform. Um, so pretty much after we, after we relaunched um, uh, in Cherry, um, and it was a bit of a dog at first, I'll be honest with you. Um, and uh, I look back on some of my, my first customer is still with me, uh, Rocco, Sitting in Japan, he's a he's a rock star. He's, I think he's just 
add another two people this week, great. But those guys went through pain. So anyway, as we were fixing it and making it better, as you do with a product, um, we wanted to augment that with with other with other things. So we've added pain bill and uh, we added an, an analytics suite on top. And you know, we we've started adding things like um, you know, engage and websites as well. So. What we did have was the ability to, to augment our workforce here with people that used to work with us previously, and we, they, they run outsourcing shops, so we can bring people in to work with us here um, without having to go to the expense of hiring them permanently. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what we did. Right. Uh, we, we set out pretty much you know, to, to build uh, a solution that could, that could do you know, uh, all the core fundamentals under one roof. Rather than than living in the '90s with a with a you know a Franken stack of 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 technology solutions that uh, that you know or marketplace of technology solutions that don't really talk to each other. I'm interrupting this episode of the Rag Podcast to bring you a message from our sponsor Audro. You know by now that Audro are the number one video interview platform for recruiters around the world. Now they keep bringing out new features from Audro Capture to Audro Producer. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. But now, recently, they've just announced a new feature to the platform, which is a complete game changer. During COVID-19, they realized that the recruitment audience, the communication was changing. Globally, their clients and candidates were, were using Microsoft Teams and Zoom more than anything else. The phrase, let's jump on a Zoom call or jump on a Teams call, has actually replaced the, the words video interview for a lot of their conversations over the last six months. Now, they were thinking, do we, I mean, how are we going to eradicate this? How are we going to make Audro the name that everyone talks about for, for the interview process? And they realized they didn't need to. They needed to integrate. So for the first time ever, they, they're the first video interview platform on the planet that have decided and managed to integrate with Zoom and soon to be integrated with Microsoft Teams. So with one click, after recording a Zoom video, you can now drag that into Audro and create everything else that Audro has from adding the CV, the heat maps, the capture, and the producer elements. You get all the benefits of Audro before and after the interview, but you get to use Zoom, which is client-friendly on all levels. So this is massive. Teams is coming. It's the first time anyone's ever done it in our sector, and it is literally going to change the way you work in 2021. Get in touch with my friends over at Audro at audro.co.uk, or if you're already a user, reach out to your account manager to make sure you've got this feature. Back to the show. When it comes to integration with CRM in recruitment, I mean, from my perspective, that's been one of the biggest challenges for the last four years because we use HubSpot as a Mm -hmm. marketing automation platform for most of our clients, and HubSpot's incredible incredible software for, for when when you use the sales side and the marketing side like we do and we've got like a product-based sell it's just you know the best but when it comes to candidates and clients and the fact that every client every group and company's already got crm like you um you know the integration's always been the challenge you know so so the fact that you're already thinking about building it all under one roof i think is just such a breath of fresh air because i think this people don't want to buy millions of pieces of kit they want to they want to have one version of the truth there's so many there's so many things sean that that, that, that there are problems with that Uh, it's like one of the big ones is 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 the the end dates are all wrong Mm. so say you want to change uh we've had it so many times people come to us i want to change off my crm i won't mention any names um and then they basically say um i want to move off my crm and then they go oh my, my, my analytics suite doesn't finish for like another two years like they're stuck, you know. They're like because they're paying so much for each of these products, they they can't move. So it's clever. And and you know, 
at our, our biggest competitor, they, those guys use their marketplace to sell their product. So they, they, they use more of a, it's more of a partner play to help sell them. Um, it's not good for the customers. They say it's good for the customers. It's not. It's good for them because they're using the marketing power of their, of their, of their partners to, to prom promote them. Um, which is clever, but it's not good for, for, for the end user. And being, you know, I implemented three systems myself. Um, you know, I even tried to build one when I was in recruitment. Just madness, right? Um, uh, but, you know, so I've, I've been through the whole process. And I just, just feel, you know, if you've got one provider, I've got one person to blame. I've got one person to chase. Um, I, you know, it might take a little bit longer in some areas, but at least I know that these guys, you know, we've got it, we've got it, we have to deliver this because we've got so many people riding on it. For sure. Um, What's the different, you know, what are the different pieces that you've mentioned then? So you've said, you've right. got your core CRM, you've got analytics, yep. you just said. What else yep. is that? So, so just to explain, the analytics piece, we OEM that. So we've got an OEM product, a bit like uh, um, Tableau. We didn't build that from scratch. So we put that on top and we've got a long-term agreement with those guys. What's OEM for people that don't know what that means? Uh, that's where you white label it. Yeah. So you basically white label their product and you build it on top of our product, which gives us really great capabilities right out of the box. And um, we build our own paying bill. That's that's your timesheets, your expense management, and uh, and and leave and absence. Uh, and that's uh, been built out of the box. And we're building that for you know different for Australia, New Zealand, UK, um, you know US. We're building it for Ireland, all, all around the world. So so um, we've got customers uh, really going on to that now. We've got. Um, uh, we've got um, Engage, which is websites. Yep. You know, you need your job portal, your candidate portal, your client portal. Um, and we just introduced this new thing called a comms hub. Um, uh, for those that don't know what that means, it's basically a communications hub where, where we've got SMS um, and, uh, and we have this new thing called, uh, for Vin called Vinny, uh, Vinny Chat, yep. uh, which is basically Slack for recruiters, yep. um, which we think is what big. Was the and that's going to be... What was the re and obviously moving to a remote workforce, I imagine, is, is driven the need for that. But what, what's the, the kind of rationale behind building a Slack inside your CRM? Um, we, we started this three years ago. Uh, I felt we're using Slack internally, right? And I don't have people send me emails internally. They all Slack me. Um, it's purely because it's so fast. It's so quick. I, I have it on my mobile app. I can, I can you know, I can communicate. And, and, and with the entire, entire company, I don't have a, a spam issue. I don't have to go like this through my phone every bloody morning I do with my email right now, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. To, to, through, the, through the emails and I, and I, and I don't lose things. Um, it, it's it's, it's the, 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 the weapon of the future. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, Mark Benioff at Salesforce, he's just spent $27.7 billion on Slack, right? Um, and they said that they said that's the most the, the best acquisition they've ever made. Mm. Uh, and just so you know, they spent the, they spent two point five billion on Exact Target, wow. which is like a you know a HubSpot equivalent. So they feel that 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 um, a Slack type product is eleven times more important to them as a business than a marketing automation tool. Wow. So um, you know, and and the, the actual it's it's also. The last four um, acquisitions that, that they made were dwarfed. They spent more on, on Slack than the last four acquisitions they made on, on in, in, in any products on, on the on the Salesforce platform. So it is it is big. It is the, the it is the future because really it's it's when you when you use it we we link it out to Zapier we link it out to many other systems, 
And it's just where you funnel all information in. I mean, we've been using Slack in the last three and a half, four years, and I could not live without it. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I just have to say to Eloise, stop, t- turn it off, right? Because she's like this all the time, right? She's, you know, but it means that we're always on. We don't miss anything. Any opportunity comes in, we can get on it. Uh, and it really does help, especially with customer service. So if a customer has an issue, oh, I, I need this, I need that, bang, we can be on to them in seconds. So the client sending an do you, email. Do you like your customers Slack you as well? No, not yet. No, that's coming. That'll but be the, the chat chatbot stuff. The, this is the thing, right? You can connect it out. And what's wonderful with this, I mean, Slack have a thing called Slack Connect now, which we we're building into into Vinny Connect, right? Which is similar. You can put it out to a customer. And a customer communicate with you over Slack. You don't pay for it. If you look at, if you look at uh, WhatsApp right now, WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. If you uh, want to connect that WhatsApp, uh, it'll cost you about five and a half cents per WhatsApp message, right? Mm-hmm. Same, it's the same price as a as a as a, as a SMS. Cheaper in the US because there's just a lot more volume, but still you're paying for it. So all the communications can get really expensive, and you can't budget for that if you're just going to have you know, hundreds and thousands of text messages and you're paying every time you send one or receive one. Mm. Whereas with this, with VinniChat, you're not paying for it, right? You know, so you can have those communications and, and you're not paying for it. And also you keep all the information internal. It's yours. You don't have a guy with a WhatsApp leaving your company and taking all that, all that time IP with him. You yeah. keep all that internal. But I could go on about it, Sean, for, for, for days about the applications and, and the use of this. Because it's really it's a notification channel. You, you leak it out to other systems. If you know we have triggers where you put something into into a, into a mini chat message, you can send it to a spreadsheet. Or the opposite way around, if it's something happens in HubSpot, then you can send the notification into Vincere, into VinniChat, saying such and such has just applied or such and such has moved to this campaign. You know, maybe you want to give them a call. There's so many ways you can apply this platform. Sounds amazing. I mean, I, we use Google Chat in our business because um, we're on the G Suite platform. I, I don't think it's necessarily as amazingly in, fancy as Slack, but it's the same pre- premise, right? We have chat rooms for each like team, for each client. We have... Um, and it, and it was replaced email, like you say, it's, it's literally, and it, what we found that's that WhatsApp internally was just, I don't know. It felt like because you're on WhatsApp in, in your personal life, the standard of chat kind of was, was a bit sloppy. Like people were just putting in crap memes and forwarding things that they might've got from friendship groups. And I was like, I don't really want that necessarily in my team, my, mm. like feed. Mm. And the biggest change I've, or problem I found was that when you're in your WhatsApp, people in your personal life can tell you're online. So if I got a message from my partner and I didn't want to address it there and then, but I had to address something at work in WhatsApp, she could mm. see that I'd been online and offline. And, you know, it creates the argument. It creates arguments. You don't fucking want mm. those. Con- like, if, if I'm working, I'm working. I'll read your shit later. Like, I know it sounds bad, mm. but that's kind of my attitude. Um, when, when, as soon as we flipped it all to Google, you're not having Google chats with your mates. You're not having it with your wife, your partner, your boyfriend, whatever you're able to dedicate your comm strategy to the, to the business. And I think, Mm. so I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. And and if it's, again, if it's, can you like, can it link straight to, it can link to client records, candidate records. I imagine everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We've got, we've had that. So you can just, you can bring in files and whatnot and, and, and and keep those files in there and search them. Um, I mean, there's so many applications for it. Uh, I mean, you know, if you look at also, you look at teams, what Microsoft have done, right. They are their entire strategy now is built around Teams, mm. right? Teams is their go-to um, uh, platform for the future. 
So we felt, I just felt that when I was looking, and it, you know, do you know what as well? It was customers were telling me this. Sean, they were saying, Bernie, this is the future. This is the future. This is the future. The bigger ones were, right? The, yeah. the guys that were really starting to, to, to kick ass. And so I just couldn't ignore it. And I didn't, my investors wouldn't give me eight, I think it was $8 billion at, at that stage to try and buy Slack. They just said, no, Bernie, I'm sorry, mate. nice try. But, you know, it, all jokes aside, I had to do something. And I felt that's that's the step in the, in the right direction. And although, although you know, there's a lot, lot prettier products out there we could have built, um, you know, Vinny Mate, which, which we're building, which is the, the marketing automation tool, mm. email and, uh, and text messaging automation, um, that's that was pushed aside to get this in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I felt before before you uh, automate, get the communication piece done first. Um, so is there anything else in the in the in the roadmap? You mentioned marketing automation, which I'm interested in, but anything else that, that was yeah, um, yeah, we've oh crikey's uh, the, the the pay and bill piece is uh, is 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 coming on. So what what we're adding is uh, the ability to to talk to your workers um, through Vinny Chat. So we've got we've got a, a you know, in our paying bill, it's a separate mobile app just for workers where they can collect timesheets and all that type of stuff, you know, uh, you know, clock in sick or whatever they want to, uh, fill in, take shifts, et cetera. But we put Vinnie Mate into that so they can, you can talk to your workers directly. So, you know, if they're, hey, sharp, it's like, hey, I, I've got my address, bang, ding, boom, go in, okay, send the address, bing, onto their mobile app, instant, real time. Hey, what's wrong with your, what's wrong with your timesheet? Please fill it out, ding, they get a notification, they, they log in and fill it out, you know, that type of thing. Also, we're doing Vinny Chat to clients, so through a client portal, but also through the live list, right. so that they can have real-time conversations through our live list, which is which has been a massive hit. Out of, out, you know, that's out of left field, to be honest with you. I thought, oh, that's an okay idea, but customers love it, um, you know, just because you know recruitment, Sean, doesn't mean you know your customers. That's for sure. No. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. those those things are big. We've got uh, uh, Vinny Social coming, where you can post social out, uh, you know, uh, out and and schedule that. Wicked. So um, because will one be thing people tag, like, will you be able to tag people on LinkedIn? Because that's the one thing all these social platforms can't do. I don't know, mate. Well, I, that's a good question because that's in that's in that's in um in design stage now. But it's not a lot of work actually. Get me think, involved oh, in that. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I'd love to, mate. I will too. Because, because honestly, like I don't, I, I teach a content calendar as part of the Hoxo Academy, right? Where I, I believe that, you know, scheduling and creating your content at bulk is, is smart. Um, I actually only ever do five days worth of content. I never do be, beyond that because I think the world changes so fast and actually the time it takes to build more than five days just isn't, isn't efficient. Just, but can it, I ask you a question on that? Do, I mean, how many, how many agencies would you say would be using, you know, or, or, sharing content right now what if you say a percentage of oh, agencies I'd say probably about 80 percent are trying to do something and some most right. of it is, most of it's awful um but there's about i'd say about 80 percent. there's probably about 20 percent are doing absolutely nothing but majority of the agencies are, are well aware that content and, and and marketing is is now something they need they just don't know where to start they don't know how to do it they see it as a what the problem is they see marketing content as, as a separate project or separate task to the core business of recruitment and i think mm. it's it's really not a separate thing it's it's a marketing drives business development marketing drives candidate attraction it is fundamentally part of those two 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 tasks it's, it's part of account management you know the amount of times i ask a client uh, would you wish to spend more face time with your existing customers the guys that spend money with you would you wish to have more face time with those customers i've never had a recruitment company say no ever right um whereas when you put content out personally as well as as a brand 
and you're connected to your existing customers, that daily content feed gives your customers a connection to you that they simply do not have if you don't produce content. Yeah, so absolutely. I've got, you know, 250 recruitment agencies around the world that work with Hoxo. They all see me online every day, pretty much. So they, you know, yeah. even though I'm not the person on the phone to them most of the time, they'll, they still know what I'm up to. They're still connected to me. They're still commenting. They're still, we're still DMing each other. We still got a relationship. Um, so that's the kind of vision I have for the future is that every single desk and team and then company needs to have their own content strategy. Um, but being able to schedule it through a tool like Vincherry would be a game changer because, you know, I'm using a, my content calendar that I use is, is effectively a fancy Google sheet. And the reason I don't use Hootsuite or the other buffer, the, the tools that exist to solve the problem is because you can't tag people in LinkedIn using those tools. So if I use a scheduler on a Sunday, I still have to go in every day and change the post and edit it to tag Bernie or to tag Eloise or to tag someone. Because when you tag someone and you see the little blue version of their name, that alerts them and their network. That's where the power comes. Interesting. And these tools are trying to get that, that functionality in. So if you haven't got that, Bernie, live on the RAG podcast, um, let's talk about that offline. Um, but it sounds like, I mean, you, you're doing chat, you're doing marketing automation you're doing paying bill you're doing social scheduling i mean yeah well we've, we've just we're just we're just going to release in two months a brand new website um uh, package as well so what we've done is that previously the 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 website we've still got we've still got engage which does your, your, your job boards and whatever but this will be all in one mm-hmm. it's like a you know a cms with blog posts and everything everything in it um, and uh, that's kind of like almost like you, your entire digital strategy in, in that, and that will come with the with a, an, an upgraded version of, of, of the of the jobs um, uh, uh, job boards, an upgraded version of candidate portal, upgraded version of client portal, plus with a VMS coming as well to, to help you know if you if you if you've got an RPO business or you, know, you, you need to manage agencies. So that's and that's that's kind of like what we what we what we're doing there is, and, and we're certainly going to have your involvement on this. That's for sure, um, because. What we do is provide that as software as a service, and then your customers, then the larger customers, can manage it themselves. Yeah, because it's just out of the box, off you go, and it, we're just making sure it's got parity with everything we've got in the, in the existing product now, um, and then we'll be pushing that out. We've already got some customers, some some key customers signed up for it, but that's you know. So what we're trying to say is that everything you have as a business, as a recruiting business, not everything. We don't do the parsing piece. No. Of course, you know, there's going to be areas that, uh, you know, job posting, we don't do that. Um, you know, we do to some job boards, but not every job board. Um, uh, there'll be certain areas that we do need partners, um, but most of it should be under us. A final interruption to today's episode to introduce Vincere. Vincere is the all-in-one CRM ATS platform built for the recruitment and staffing industry. Now, I first heard about these guys about a year ago. The amount of prospects recruitment agencies and clients I was working with that were telling me they were moving over to Vincere, I had to look into it. And what I found was a business that had a global reach um, with multiple offices around the world. So they've got this follow the sun methodology, which allows them to support recruitment businesses wherever you are and and, and be in your time zone. But the technology that they've invested in um, is becoming a disruptor in the space. More and more recruitment businesses are doing this to give their their recruiters a competitive advantage. They broke into the G2 crowd's momentum grid as a market leader based on their reviews from their customers. So the, the agencies that are using this platform are raving about it. Now, 
if you're a rag listener and you're thinking about changing CRM or you're a new business looking to launch with a new CRM, then I would get in touch with, the, with these guys because if you mention that you're a rag listener, they're doing an amazing deal. By visiting www.vincere.io forward slash rag, you can get an exclusive deal which offers two months completely free on a two-year commitment or three months completely free on a three-year commitment. This applies to all licenses that you've either signed up for now or that you'll add in the duration of the contract. So get on there and have a look. Finally, if you're listening, you're a recruiter and you're thinking, I want to move into a more of a business development role um, and I'd like to keep hold of my recruitment knowledge. Well, these guys are recruiting for a BD person, well, multiple roles in both Sydney and London right now. So if you've got a strong recruitment background, you want to move into BD and you want to work for a fast moving tech business that's helping people like you right now, then get in touch via their website because they're hiring today. Back to the show. One thing you mentioned at the beginning was that you saw the vision of doing one thing and doing it well, which I think is probably something I've learned over the last four years. We've done so many different things. And now, like Hoxo Media effectively um, uses, helps recruitment companies use marketing to win business, right? It's as simple as that. We, we, we ask clients to give us a list of customers that they currently work with who they probably don't give enough love to and a load of clients they want to work with. And we build a campaign that gets those people into the conversation, right? Simple as that. And we can track that our campaigns generate this awareness and this many people into a funnel, this many conversations, you know, you might have recorded a podcast, hosted an event, and then this is the sales that spits off the back of it, right? It's as simple as that. But it took me four years to get to, we were doing anything and everything before, you know, we were very reactive to what people wanted. Um, what that, what I found was that diluted our, the power of our message. It diluted the, 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 the ability to scale it. You know, my teams were doing too many different things. So they were not experts in anything. And, you know, we're, we're probably, we're still not there, but we've, I feel like we're in a really good place for that. Now that you've gone from being a CRM and you've, you've got everything under one roof, does that, does that affect, does that mean that you've now got another job on your hands to try and not let it go too diverse so that you lose? Oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, that's, that's a constant battle and it's a really interesting uh, question, Sean, because it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, what we need to, what we're doing now is we're separating people out into, into, to being experts in particular, in particular areas within the, within the, within the product. Um, uh, spectrum, so to speak. So we, you know, so we'll have pain bill experts internal. Like we just hired two people from industry. Um, one person, she's a payroll expert, worked in a technology uh, business for the last five years. She's a, a, a payroll expert, and another guy who used to run three thousand contractors. He's worked in running recruitment uh, back office uh, um, finance teams for the last ten years. So we're bringing those people in that know that stuff in that particular area. And 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 making sure that they that they, you've got experts. So when you sit down with someone, they you know you you're sitting down with a person who used to sit on your side of the table. Yeah. Um, you know, with Vinny Chat, it's a little bit more difficult for for that one to to hire experts, but it's pretty self-explanatory that baby. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and things like you know we'll we'll outsource the services on things like Vinny Social. Uh, we'll outsource the the support on things like the the, the new engage and digital platform because we just feel that you know it's better to have experts. We'll give you the tool. But we have experts to, to man it and, and run it for us um, and, and work with the customer. And it's a good opportunity then for partners to, to get a recurring revenue stream to support those customers as well. Right. Right. So, so that, that's, a, that's an avenue for us. But in essence, what, you know, I, I like to use military terms when explaining things to people. And, and I think, you know, if you look at, a, at, a, at, a, you know, at an army squad, right, when they go out and, and, and they go, go to fight, they each carry different weapons. 
right? But each of those have been have been you know they've they've worked out through 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 um, you know a lot of pain and and, and blood and, and and gore, right? Of what they need to be effective as a team, and that might mean a couple of guys carrying rifles. It could be a machine gun. A team, it could be a mortar team. It could be, you know, a, a sapper who's a, who's a, uh, you know, uh, a guy that blows things up. You know, but they form a team and they, they have a, a set of weapons, and that's what we want to give our guys, our, our 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 customers, really, is that set of weapons. So when they go out and they say, hey, you know, I've got to I've got to take out a bunker up there, they can bring up the bazooka and do that, right? Because um, machine gun won't work. But if they, they say, hey, I've got a bunch of infantry that's going to need to bring out the machine gun and the, the 50 cal and, and mow them all down. See, this is this is what I feel our customers need to do moving forward. They need to productize themselves. They need to be able to walk in and say, you know, we're not just a recruiting business, we're a full service business. You know, they need to go walk into it to, to an organization and say, not, hey, have, have, you, have you got a contract job in Java? They say, how many contract jobs have you got? I'll do them all. You know, I want our customers to walk in and win Wembley. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just walk yeah. in and say, hey, I'll do every job you've got in Wembley. Every event you've got in Wembley, we'll do it. Right? That's what we've got to aim for. Because I do feel that we're not really just competing with, with you know, our big, uh, our big bad uh, bullhorns and those guys. We're not just competing with them. We are competing with people like uh, Jobs and Talent, Sidekicker in Australia. Um, those guys that are building platforms to – basically take go out and eat recruitment um, agencies lunches yeah and we need to compete with them to give them the same type of weapon to to fight back no i completely agree with that you want to be you know i i i find that now that i'm on the side of the fence of hiring through recruitment companies and building a you know a a business that's non-recruitment and thinking you know people are the most important asset and you know building out a, a an organizational chart that relies on the right people to hit the right points at the right dates for me to hit the next milestone. The value of a great recruiter is way higher than um, they probably realize um, when I talk, because obviously the level you talk to, you know, if you're not dealing with the owner, you're dealing with an employee, they're doing a job. They're trying to do their best. They're trying to, they're trying to hit numbers. Right. But I, even when I was at the top of my game as a, as a big biller, I still don't think I understood the value I, I brought to the table when I was in these conversations with customers. Um, Cause at the end of the day, without the right strategy, we can't hit our goals as business owners, as leaders, as team managers, we can't do it. We were, were hamstrung without the right people. So once a recruiter, I think, realizes how, how important their solution is and can package it up in a way that is innovative, you know, that's different. Um, you're onto something special because the amount of it, just saying I've been doing this for 20 years is not enough anymore. You need to have no, something right. different. You need true. To have- true. But I, and I do think, I do think what you just said there is really, is really poignant, right? Because um, the, the, a lot of recruiters don't realize their value. No. Um, and, and, but you look at, you look at, uh, you know, the average TA or the average, you know, uh, HR recruiter, you know, they haven't got a spec on, on, on an agency recruiter. Mm. They don't spec, you know, they, don't, they, they, you know, so that's why I was saying, if you heard of jobs and talent, have no. you heard of those guys, no. check it out. They're, 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 oh, yeah. they're like a technology business. They basically brand themselves a technology business, mate. And like, they are worth billions, right? Wow. Or so they're, they're like a unicorn, 600, 700 people in, uh, in Germany and the UK. Right. So and, and that and so the valuations on them are through the roof, but they're just a recruitment agency that does, you know, full service uh, out of 10. That's it. I mean, I, I look back and I go, I look at like um, the, you know, Deloitte and all those guys. They're just 
expensive temp agencies too, right? You know, I think I think this whole this whole thing about people saying recruiters they're not Arthur Anderson. I'm sorry, well they're not Accenture. Yeah. Um, all of those guys, they're all just temp agencies. Of but anyway, they're coming. Coming, coming back to that point, though, the thing that drives me about this is that, you know, with jobs and talent, it's not really run by recruiters. So it's run by people that I don't have the drive and don't have the knowledge that our recruiters do. So my feeling is if we give them the same platform, it's a bit like, you know, um, having, you know, an F1 car and putting Lewis Hamilton into it. Yeah. Whereas they'll, they'll have a guy off the street driving that, that, that F1 car and, you know, not very well, clearly. We'll have a Lewis Hamilton in it. So I know who will win every time they go and pitch for business. And more importantly, who's going to fill that business, mm -hmm. right? So that's what, that's what I see the vision being anyway. Listen, it sounds a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of this, <laughs> I hear people on these podcasts all the time roll my eyes too. But, you know, I think, I think you've got to aim big. And I think we've got to aim to be a little bit different. Um, and, you know, productizing, uh, you know, our businesses is, is someone's going to do it. Might as well be us. No, and, I completely uh, agree. I think it sounds amazing. Yeah. I, think it, I think it sounds really innovative. Um, you know, the feedback I hear from Vincherry customers is always, always top notch. Um, and the amount of clients, look, the amount of people that message me on a weekly basis about the product, you know, that are in the sales conversation, you know, you, you, you're doing, you're doing some really good things. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not there yet, mate. We've got, we've got a fair bit to do. You know, it's, it's like anything you, you're three steps forward, one step back, aren't mm -hmm. you really? I, I I sit and look at the product all day every day, so I I see it I see it as all its true glory, so to speak, or gory, which whichever way you want to look at it. And so, what is your I, day I like? So, so a bit of a selfish question for me, like you know, you're way further down the line in in your career as a CEO, as a as a founder. What what does it what does your day look like? What does you what is, what is your role? Well, I have, at the moment, it's about it's about thirty to thirty five meetings a week. Um, it's full on. Uh, I, I, I'd say that running tech is just, it's, I've never had anything like it. Um, it's, it's far harder than I, than I uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. It just is yeah. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, so, but what I, what the focus now is trying to move away from product and trying to build the business and build that management team that can manage managers. Uh, you know, so trying to go back to where I was maybe, you know, 15 years ago or 14 years ago and be that person um, that can, that can, you know, uh, you know, now to scale it, it we've just done our budget. So we're aiming for maybe 120 people this year. We'll finish on, but we're, we're growing at 50% year on year in terms of uh, um, annual recurring revenue. So, uh, you know, we've got it. We can now push the, push the envelope now and see if we can push that up to 70% in the coming years. So, and that's just going to re that means just, it means getting better organized and, and, and being a little bit more disciplined. Yeah, I suppose in, in terms of what what you where you spend your time and and uh, and what you spend it doing, you know, yeah. delegation is the name of the game, isn't it, Sean? You know, yeah. just yeah. making sure you got and and here's the problem, right? Um, you know, we use recruiters quite a bit actually to find us people. We just found someone in Australia through a recruiter, right? Um, and uh, and we've spent a lot of money on recruiters, but you know we're in Saigon it's very difficult to find to use recruiters over here you know so it's a lot of it's a lot of you know in, in the past it's been a lot harder put it that way to, to actually grow a business here even though that the people are ultimately very very cheap you just don't have the 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 uh the uh the I suppose the depth of skills that, right. uh, that you would have in London or, or, or Australia. and what's the so you mentioned we talked about Ibiza um you're currently in Saigon the plan 
for you and Al is to move? Is it to live in Ibiza? Is that the, is that the long term? Um, we don't know yet. Uh, we we so what what will probably happen is um, we'll we'll probably get get into bed with a PE, a private equity firm, in the next uh, in the next year or two. Um, maybe from ideally from the US, to be honest. Um, and uh, we might we might move to the US um, as a family. Um, and then one day we definitely want to be in Ibiza. Yeah. But we opened up the, the office in Ibiza quite simply because I had a, I had a, a head of DevOps who was headhunted uh, from a company in Berlin, a right. big tech company in Berlin. And he said, I just want to move to Europe, Bernie. And we also had a guy, a Spanish guy living over here that was moving back. He was from Barcelona. Um, and I said, I said to Quar, I said, listen, mate, why don't, why don't we send you to Ibiza? He said, what? You know, never heard of it. Right? So I said, well, listen, we'll go over. We'll do do a, do a couple of days, have a look around, tell me what you think, because I was doing, going to Europe at the time. They flew over. And he said, wow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. So, you know, I wanted to keep him. He's amazing, right? Um, and so I promised him to move him to Ibiza. And at the same time, Juan, who's the, the Spanish guy, is also amazing. I said, well, yeah. why don't you guys set up an office there? And they did, and they, they've managed to find right in Talamanca, yeah, the yeah, office yeah. right there. And then, uh, yeah, so I don't know when we'll be there. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to, whatever the business needs us to do, to be honest, um, is for first and foremost. Um, but we, we're going to expand over there. We'll definitely be putting a couple more people there. What's your life like? What's your life like outside of work? It sounds like you and Elle are both hundred mile an hour. What's life like? We don't have one. We don't have one. No, it's like, you know, so it, and it's deliberate because we're going through such a fast growth, growth phase right now. Um, where we've got to put product, 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 product in, as I've just mentioned. Um, and maybe once we get those products in and bedded down, then we can maybe start thinking about having a bit more of a life. Um, but that's the way it is. You know, it's, we're so, it's so full on, mate. When you, cause like, you know, you've come four o'clock, UK kicks in or three o'clock, Germany kicks in. We start getting from the Dutch, the Dutchies coming at us. Then it's like a four o'clock UK, right? Bang, 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 bang. You know, um, and then, you know, and then at night we've got, we've got people in here working nights now um, and, they're, and they're taking on, the, you know, the American customers. So it's just full on. And, and we have this NPS score in, in, our, in our Slack, right? So I get on my phone, ding, 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 just about to go to bed. And I get like a, a three on the NPS of someone complaining about something. It's like, but I'll know that person the next day, you know, someone will be on it, call them up. What, what's the issue? But it's, it's just full on. So I'm, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, it's like running your own business, mate. And you've oh, got mate, customers yeah. around the world. You have the totally. same thing? Yeah, yeah. At the moment, I, you know, we're recording this at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I was up already messaging people in Australia. And then I'll, you know, I've got a full day till 10 at night tonight. Um, that I'll be, I mean, it's not always that late. Last night was 9.30. Some nights it's 7. Um, I, I go through, fa- I'll be honest, I go through phases of, of, of absolutely loving it and then phases of feeling a bit drained by it. And I've learned to allow myself when I'm on those slightly downer moments to, to not beat myself up if I do take finish at seven or something and, and actually mm. switch off. Um, mm. But when I'm riding high, which I am right now, I don't know if it's just because it's the end of Jan, early February or whatever, but you know, I go for it. I go double for it. So like at the minute, I'll be on, yeah, seven, eight, nine video calls a day. I'll be, you know, dealing with challenges in the business, dealing with clients, dealing with, I mean, I'm recording so much content. It's nonstop. I'm doing this week. I've got three podcasts. So I've got a live podcast today recording this. This will go out next week, I believe. And on Friday, I'm recording for my Project 500 initiative. Um, I've actually got too much content. I look at, I don't know what to post some days now because I've got so many videos stacked of things I've done. 
um i look and i go which one should i put out <laughs> today it's, it's it's crazy um so I, I empathize with you completely. My business partner is my best mate. It, we, we, we work together as recruiters. We work together as school teachers originally. We studied together at uni. Um, he's now in London. I'm in Manchester. We speak all day, every day. Um, and we're, I mean, we're like you and Elle, I suppose. Like, you know, our life, even though we're best mates, there's not so much of that friendship chat very often because it's just where we're going all the time. Mm-hmm. But it was lovely. In December, we met up in London when the world was allowed briefly to go for some some like lunch with, with a couple of the team. And, you know, to think that I lived in London, well, I lived and worked with AMA for 16 years, every day, pretty much. We were in an office in March. We had our own office in Bethnal Green, East London. We both every day worked together. I've seen him like three times this year since March. And it's like, it's crazy, but you keep going. The technology we have yeah. now, you just keep going, don't you? You keep pushing. It's and, you know, but it's it's good to hear this, you know, uh, Sean, because I, I I think uh, we're kind of, you know, we've always been isolated from everyone, right? And mm-hmm. I think now everyone's going through the the same, uh, well, not the same, but similar isolation issue. And it's just good to hear other people's, you know, other people's uh, experiences. Because yeah. I think sometimes it just levels you out. Like I think the biggest thing that the business owners have got to get over is is the sometimes the we all had to feel sorry for ourselves. And I think, you know, just hearing other people talk about their experiences, hearing someone else is up at 8 a.m. and finishing at 9 p.m. And, you know, it makes you go, oh, well, okay, pull your head in, son. Yeah. You yeah, know, come all on, ain't that bad. You know, because we do, cause especially now, we all, we all, you know, there is, there is this feeling, isn't it? It's like, you know, you're locked, you're, you're an encaged animal. And I just feel, even though we're not caged in over here per se, you know, because the business is so so engrossing and encompassing, you're like, crikey, you, I'm not like you sometimes. I'm like, what am I? What are you doing? Hmm. Are you stupid? What's you know, but for? you've just got to battle through those times, haven't you? You've got to, you've just got to, you know, put the blinkers on and just plow through it because, you know, the next day you're waking up, you're ready to fit and fighting, ready to go again. You got to be. I think you got to be. That's and we have that. We have tough days, and and it's about. I was taught in recruitment by my old boss Steve that. It's not what happens. It's how you react that matters. Like what anything could happen. It's outside of your control, right? Any day. I remember having like three contractors quit within an hour that I'd never expected. And I went white as a sheet on that day. And he was like, you couldn't control that. Like not, not one of those scenarios was to do with you and us. So it's how we react now. It's not what's happened. It's how we react. Take a breath. Mm. Let's go for a walk. Mm. And he taught me so well that I can have wobbles. It's how I come back. And I still, I've had wobbles yeah. last week. I have wobbles this week. Like, it's just, it's just the way it is. Um, what I've loved about this episode, Bernie, is that, you know, Vincere is a brand. It's a tech company. It's, 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 you've got a really strong name in the market, but I, I don't think many people know, know much about you in terms of how and why and what's going on in the background from a personal perspective. Um, you know, they, they'll know the tech. They'll know that your, what your new initiatives are. But it's been a pleasure to, to find out more about, you know, the brains behind it, why you're doing it. And, and just, you know, the, the one thing I've got from this is how much you genuinely care about the industry. You're not doing this just to make cash. You've made cash. You've, you know, you've, that's, mm. that's not the driver, is it? It's because you, you, you genuinely want to solve a problem that matters for the people that matter yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, you do. I think you got to, you have to go in with that with that mindset and that approach. Otherwise, it's you know it's going to come off as uh, as half-assed. People will see that, and and you know the feedback we get from customers is is can be one. It, like I said, it's like champagnes and razor blades. Yeah. Yeah. One day you got one person saying this is the craftiest system I have ever used. 
full stop. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry to be so harsh. But, you know, uh, but, you know, and that's the type of person when I first read it and, you know, years ago, it would just kill you. Yeah. Like, oh, what? You know, it's like saying you're, you're, that's the ugliest, you're saying your child is the ugliest child I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, you know, but now you get on the phone or you, it makes you, what, tell me, tell me more. Yeah. I'm intrigued. You know, because really helped me out to, to solve that and, and find out why you think it's that and what can we do to address it. And I think it's that's just the once you once you accept that, it's like accept, you know, life becomes much easier. But I appreciate it. Um, you know, I've, I've like I said, I, I, don't, I don't get a chance actually to, to do many of these and clearly. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, I think every now and again, it's probably pretty good to jump on and have a, have a chat with people. I'm, I'm kind of like the back office guy that sits there and just, you know, builds things. Yeah, well, I, I think, I think you know, it's, it's great to hear the, the man behind the brand and, and to find out more about you. So um, thank you for, firstly, for sponsoring the show. Thanks for being behind the rag for so since last summer. You guys have been a, you know, a huge supporter and, and it makes the difference. It allows me to do it all the time. And um I know that we've got a lot of shared customers now and, you know, the relationship's gone from strength to strength. And thank you as well for helping out with the initiative last week. So for those of you that are listening, Project 500 is an initiative that I launched in um, at the end of January with two of my customers to effectively get 500 brand new laptops out to 500 children in the UK that are underprivileged. So there's over 1.4 million children in the UK today with no access to, to a device. And they are, you know, they've been forced to homeschool. Their parents are trying um, you know, we're printing off books and driving them around to houses and they're getting, you know, soaking wet and snowy. And there's just so many horror stories. Um, and two of my clients phoned me up and said, Sean, can we do something about this? You've got a decent brand. You know, people, I think we could, we could, you know, we can make a small impact. Um, so we came up with this. We found a technology supplier who gets a, a basic laptop, Asus laptop, brand new Windows 10, Google Classroom, all of that installed for 160 quid and they'll send it to the school for that price. We were like, you know, it's an amazing deal. So um, we said, well, 500 laptops, that's say 80,000 pounds. We got 10 grand in between us and bam, straight away with, uh, so we, we hit that. So we, I mean, as we talk now, I'm just literally in the background, just going to, I'm just going to pull it up. Um, What's it it on? What what, what have you put it on? Is it uh, GoFundMe? Yeah, go go get funding. It is uh, go so funding. go get funding dot com forward slash project five hundred. But we're sat at thirty three thousand two hundred sixty four. We've had one hundred twenty four five donations so far. So we're we're forty one percent of our of our target in just over a week. So I'm really proud of you know everyone, including you, Bernie, for getting behind us. So thank you, Sean. Um, that's wonderful you're doing this, mate. It's it's fabulous, right? Because it's just like I said again, you, you yeah, it's it's great. Well, the we thing is, the thing is, you, really we nice. just don't have like yeah, it's not like we're sat here with loads of time on our hands. So we're you know me and the two partners we're doing it. We've 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 given our teams if they want to get involved, they've got to do it outside of work hours. So I've got guys every night and all weekend working on it, which is great. Um, but we'll hit that target. I don't know how fast we'll do it, but we'll get there. So thanks to you and thanks for anyone who's listening. If you want to get involved. Go to um, project500.hoxomedia.com and you can read all about it. Um, Bernie, if anyone is listening and wants to talk to you, not about necessarily the product, but just wants to you know, get five with you, have a quick insight, maybe it's to do with how you sold your business or you know, productization. Some of the, some, you might have sparked something in their mind. I know you're a busy man, but would you be open to them reaching out and setting up a quick chat with you via Zoom or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I, I get a lot of requests like that. Um, it, 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 I generally don't, if I'm honest right. with you, but I don't mind, you know, I don't mind, um, uh, having, you know, uh, this, it depends. Is there a customer? Probably. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I've had I've had customer calls with uh, with people that uh, one recently, uh, but I generally don't. Um, but uh, but if it's customer, no problem. But just just reach out to me via LinkedIn. Just reach out via LinkedIn. Um, I I'm get the only comment. Bernie Shima in the world, right? S C H I E M E R. It's you know, it's um, I'm the only guy in the world with that name, so I'm going to be easy to find. Wow, right. that is incredible! What 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 yeah. statistic that is? Oh um, yeah, it was it, it's it yeah every every Twitter handle everything I can get it's like yeah, but I don't know. It's all, it's, <laughs> it's such a funny name. It's 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 just weird. Anyway, I love it. I love it. Well, Bernie, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And and guys, thank you again for listening to the Rag Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did enjoy today's show, please do me a favor and get this uh, episode out to someone you think will will enjoy it. So send it via text, WhatsApp, email, whatever. Um, we all know other recruiters, recru- other recruitment owners that will benefit from listening to Bernie's story, from the vision he's got for the industry, the the need to productize, etc. Um, because together, my vision is the more. We, you know, the industry listens together, we're going to be stronger. You know, there's a competitive element, but we want to raise the bar of the sector as a, as a whole. And, and by, by passing this on and sharing it, you know, we're one step closer. Um, I'll be back again next week. Um, so every Wednesday, um, some weeks are on LinkedIn Live. This week's not. We're pre-recording this week. But um, I'll be back again next week with another episode. In the meantime, you stay safe and I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, We've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing force. That involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, We can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters, and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.